Oh my God, I'm chilling. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? My stomach just growled so loud that Rach heard it. Heard so. it straight through the mic. So if y'all hear that, sorry, wolf. But anyway, so know that. If y'all hear it, I'm just hungry. But I'll eat after this recording. It's no biggie. Okay. Eat the during lies it. of your during. Yeah. Eat during. Yummy. That sound good. The lies of Euron Vandersloot Peacock documentary airs Wednesday, February 27th. That's going to be a four-day documentary with all his stupid fucking lies. I know. Asshole. And from the trailer, I gather we might learn a little bit about his childhood. He's, there's some an, The trailer teases some animal cruelty, so trigger on that. But I'm like, oh, oh. God, this guy is going to piss that, me off. There's nothing less surprising than that. Oh, I know. So, yeah, everyone tune in. Tune in and then listen to us bitch about it. Yeah, you might need to tune in if you listen regular, regularly to this podcast because um, we will be bitching about it afterwards. Oh, God. So easy. I have mm -hmm. custom shout outs that I will put at the end. I think y'all know that. I think we can stop announcing that we're going to do it at the end now. Y'all get it. Y'all get it. Um, speaking of custom shout outs, though, for you Apple subscribers, we'll, we're still adding the bonus episode backlogs. I don't know how y'all see it, but we date them based on when we originally launched them. So some of them start as far back as I think like January or no, September, 2022. Mm. So if you have to like go in order to find those in Apple, that's where they start. Oh, yeah. I just don't, I even subscribe just to see what it looked like. And I thought you would be able to filter to bonus episodes or something. Uh, yeah. Maybe you can, maybe my phone's older. I don't know, but I couldn't figure it out. I was like, do people just have to scroll until they find them? That seems weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a glitch. Um, well, so if you're Apple subscriber, if that's how you do it, sorry. They started in September 2022 and they go monthly. All right. Well, I can jump in to my story now, can I? Sure. I actually have no idea who you're doing. Uh, I am doing Nikki Whitehead. Okay. It's a, it's a Georgia case. It is? Yeah. It's actually partially in Decatur. Oh. Sources are Covington News, AJC.com, See No Evil, there's an episode on it, True Crime Daily, The Grunge, and 11alive.com. Oh, okay. This was actually one where I was like, okay, I'll just have an investigative discovery show in the background while I'm researching my, I think I was doing my bonus episode. But I kept like, the attention kept grabbing me being like, wait, this is a real whodunit. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Okay. So I like stopped everything. <gasps> I was like, oh, this is going to be my next story. Wow. Nikki Whitehead was actually born Jarmecca Whitehead. Nikki was a name she gave herself when she was older after the song Darling Nikki by Prince. She loved Prince. Oh, okay. Not so, like, like she never legally changed it, but everyone knew her as Nikki. Oh, wow. Uh -huh. She was born on April 18th, 1975 in prison while her mom, Linda, was doing time for drug possession. Oh, wow. She was raised by her grandmother, Della Frazier, who lived in Clarkston, Georgia, which is outside of Atlanta. And when her mom got out of prison, she had two more kids, but Nikki stayed in custody of Della. Linda and Nikki's other siblings lived in Decatur, Georgia, also a suburb in Atlanta. 
So Nikki would often visit them, but she liked living with her grandmother because she kind of let her do whatever she wanted. No curfew. She could come and go as she pleased. There wasn't much discipline. And according to her best friend, Yucca Harris, she led a fast life, even at a young age. And I don't think anything too serious. I think she like, smoked cigs young and stayed out later than most preteens. Type of things yeah. you wouldn't want your kids getting mixed up with, but nothing criminal. Preteens, though. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, like what are you doing late as a preteen? I don't know. Walking around. Yeah. And who's out. to say what's late? Maybe it was like 10. six o'clock or something. And, oh. people are, and like most <laughs> yeah. kids that that age had to come home right after school. Yeah. Just yeah, like yeah. beep bop around town. Sure. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Maybe or 10 p.m. Who knows? And as she got older, she started attracting men, especially older men. Nikki went to a performing arts high school in Atlanta to pursue singing. And when she was 17, she moved out of her grandmother's house and got an apartment with Yucca, her best friend, who was 19 at the time. And they did the whole Atlanta nightlife thing. They loved going out. And there was one popular reggae club they would always go to. And one night while she was there, Nikki met a guy and they had a little fling and she ended up getting pregnant. Oh, no. 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And to top it off, it's twins. Oh, oh no. Who she eventually named Tasmia and Jasmia. Taz and Jazz. <laughs> and get this, she didn't know it was twins until she went into labor. I why? have no idea how or why, but Yucca said she did not know it was twins until they were born. And they're oh roommates my God. at this time. So Yucca knows. That is a surprise. So at 18 years old, when she had the babies, one baby is stressful enough, but two, forget it. And to top it off, the father wasn't very present at the beginning. He was in denial and refused to accept that he was the father because their relationship was so brief, which jokes on him because twins are fun to raise, but whatever. It'd be very stressful, especially in this such. No, absolutely. Even more so because Nikki soon finds out why he is being so sketchy about it. He has a wife and kids. Yeah, but listen. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Okay. I know, but listen how she found out. Nikki was once in the grocery store with her babies, and this woman came up to her and was like, your twins look exactly like my kids did when they were that age. And they started no. talking about it. And it turns out this woman's husband was the father of Taz and Jazz. Can you believe Stop. figuring that out at the grocery store? And this woman's like, no, your kids look so much like my kids. I'm going to need you to tell me their father's name. Oh, my God. And obviously, Nikki had no idea he was married. Ooh. Ooh. So, wow. like I said, he wasn't in the picture at the beginning. Then they got on good terms. I couldn't find what happened with him and his wife, but I assume she got divorced and he had to face reality. Uh, but then he actually went to prison for mo uh, money laundering and racketeering. So he spent 14 years there. And oh, Nikki wow. would occasionally take the twins to visit him. But as a young single mom of two, she needs help. So her grandmother and Jazz and Taz's great-grandmother, Della, stepped in to help raise them. And as a great-grandmother, I'd be over it. No. <laughs> like, no. I, I can't. I've, I'm done this. Yeah. So and I'm out. God. Good for her. Sweet Della. I know. But Nikki didn't want them to have the same upbringing as she did. She knew Della's rules were lax, and she really wanted Jazz and Taz to grow up with structure. So her and Della did kind of butt heads about that and even went to because Nikki was a little transient and didn't have a very stable home life. Uh, they actually went to court over it a few times and Della won custody of the twins while Nikki worked out, like worked to get her life in order. 
Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Her daughters were everything to her. I mean, she had a tattoo of their faces, each on one arm. So she was like very That's determined cute. to get them back on hope. I, I, for some reason, was picturing a boy and girl twin. So they're both no, twin girls. Two girls. Yeah. Oh, okay. Identical. Yeah. Oh, hey. Hey. Yeah. So she was determined to get them back and started working at a hair salon in Decatur and even enrolled in Border College's fashion merchandising program. It's a school in Atlanta. Then she met a man named Robert Head while she was at the mall one day. And that night they went dancing and almost immediately fell in love. He was a long haul truck driver and 30 years older than her. She was 25 at the time. He was 55. Oh, wow. And he had adult kids of his own, but still very willing to step in and help take care of the twins. He lived in a gated community in Conyers, Georgia. And after a few years of dating, he proposed to Nikki and wanted her, Jazz and Taz to live with them. So everything was kind of falling into place. Uh, wait, hold on. She has custody now? No. Oh, okay. No. But the court didn't say like, there wasn't a no contact order with the custody. So they could oh, still okay. see each other. They just lived with Della while she got her life in order. And this was when he proposed, this was the permanent home they needed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There she was so excited they were going to be a family. Everything was working out. And by 2010, the court did grant Nikki full custody of Jazz and Taz. We okay. were 16 at this point. Holy shit. I know. Where's long, the time gone? I know. It's a long struggle. Wow. Mm -hmm. She had a big welcome home party for them. She enrolled them in Rockdale County High School in Conyers, and they were thriving. They were on the honor roll. They enrolled in tennis and music classes. But only a few weeks later, on January 13th, 2010, Jazz and Taz came home from school to a nightmare of a crime scene. Oh, no. So Jazz and Taz get home from school, and they walked in, and blood was everywhere all over the walls ceilings literally everywhere it's in the living room but trails to her bedroom to nikki's bedroom where she was clearly dragged oh god they're following the trail already crying and in her own bathtub they find their mom's blood-soaked body and i cannot bad. believe they walked into that Oof. and it's really bad they haul ass outside screaming for help screaming so loudly that a cop happened to be in the neighborhood like a few streets away heard them and just drove towards the screams oh my god he said he has never seen a crime scene that bloody a medical examiner determined that she was stabbed over 80 times and it was a very clear struggle most of the blood seemed to be in the bathroom under the blood-soaked doorknob from where it's assumed nikki attempted to escape and was stabbed and beaten more she was then dragged back to the bathtub where she died both of her lungs were punctured and her spine was severed oh my god, god i'm sorry oh god it hurts where's her husband fiance whatever his name is he's a long-haul truck driver so he's away oh, okay cops immediately pull the twins away from the crime scene and take them to the police station to calm down while they canvass the neighborhood they walk up to the immediate next door neighbor's house and found blood on the outside of his door <gasps> they knock and they're all hi what is this and he says he has no idea but he did hear a knock on his door early earlier that day but he was in bed and didn't want to get up whoa i know oh it was nikki like trying to get home that's what i'm like and you'll see because it's well you'll see but it's baffling actually okay all right so they're all okay well we see you have a camera can we take this and look? And he says, sure, take it. They take it down to the police station to watch, but see nothing because the camera was facing the opposite direction. So it's completely worthless. Oh, mm. right. 
I don't like that. No one does. So while they're suspicious of them, there's nothing really to arrest them for right there, but they're keeping this dude on the list. Sure. At the station, police ask twins about Nikki's personal life and they tell him about Robert and give him his contact info and they can't get a hold of him. The cops cannot reach him. Again, he is a long haul truck driver and travels all the time, but until they talk to him, he too is a suspect. But the twins do give the cops a little tidbit that makes their ears perk up. Nikki had actually been cheating on Robert with a guy named Joe Carter, and they don't know much about him except he has a black car and his workplace is at some barber and tattoo shop. Oh, and how do they apparently, know that? What? How do they even know that? That what his job is? No, who that she's cheating on her? Because oh, he had come over. It's like a relationship. Oh, he has a wow. fiance and a boyfriend. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and apparently he and Nikki argued over the phone the night before the twins went to bed and have no idea if Joe came over because they were obviously asleep. But the next morning they overslept for school and were rushing to make the bus and knocked on Nikki's door to be like, mom, we're leaving. But it was locked, which apparently isn't that unusual. She would sometimes lock her door at night, but she didn't answer. So they just ran to the bus stop and missed it. And instead of going back to wake her up and get a ride, they just walked the rest of the way to school. Wasn't that far. Okay. So they don't know when this fight ensued or if someone was in the bedroom with her. Ooh, eerie. And good thing they didn't go back. Could have been collateral damage. Yeah. 80 sure. times is rage. So No, no. It's yeah. insane. Cops go to Joe's workplace that night and it's closed, but there are a few guys out on the front porch smoking. So they ask if any of them are Joe Carter and they say no and kind of blow off the cops. Like clearly not looking to engage. So the police flat out says, okay, well, if you see him, tell him that Conyers PD is looking for him because his girlfriend, Nikki Whitehead, was murdered today. And they perk right up and one of the guys fess up, okay, I'm Joe Carter. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me, liar. They take him inside to talk to him more and he genuinely seems shocked and tells them that the last time he saw Nikki was two days prior when she came over to his apartment, but he broke up with her that night. Apparently she was furious and stormed out so he doesn't really have a motive but he could be lying. Luckily, his apartment building has security cameras. So they pull it and look at the footage from around 10.30 p.m., which is when he said Nikki came over. And sure enough, you can see her walk in at 10.30 and 30 minutes later at 11.01 p.m., you can see her leave. And she does look pretty pissed. She's, she flings the door open pretty quickly. She looks like she's on a mission, like walking with a purpose, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that he didn't kill her. So he's still a person of interest. But they do think whoever did it would likely have some serious defensive wounds given how she was found. Yeah. And her clear attempts of trying to escape the bathroom and being dragged back. And Joe doesn't appear to have anything on him. So they keep him on the bat burner and really lean into her fiance, Robert, who they still cannot find. He does finally answer their call and they tell him what happened. And he seems very distraught. It says he was in the Midwest, I think Indiana or something. His trucking company sends over the GES tracking data and it confirms his truck was in the Midwest. So they're, but they're thinking maybe someone else was driving to give him an alibi. Mm. So they look at cameras from one of the gas stations he stopped in and it is very clearly him. So he's marked off the suspect list immediately. Yeah, that would be a hard alibi to fake because you yeah. have to stop at truck stops, gas station. I mean, it's so verifiable. Right. So. And on top of that, he said he knew about Joe. Oh. He said he loved Nikki so much he wanted her to be satisfied while he was away. So as long as Nikki and Joe didn't see each other or communicate while Robert was in town, 
He had no problem with her having a fling while he's gone. Wow. So That's he really understanding. I know. I'm like, damn, Robert. So he Aww. really doesn't have a motive anyway. Now I feel bad for Robert. I know. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah. Do I? Maybe not. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Cops opened up the suspect list and actually had someone in mind early on, which were backed up when the blood analysis came back. And four months later, they gathered enough evidence to finally make an arrest. So in May of 2010, they arrest Jazz and Taz. I knew it! Killed by her own fucking kids. I knew it. You did? Yeah. Wow. we, We probably will have cut this, but that's when I said... When I asked about them actually walking in and not running from the house right after that, I was like, I think I know what happened. Oh, shit. I knew it. Did y'all know it? 16 year olds aren't going to walk into that crime scene if they're they're scared out of their mind. Uh Uh-uh. Oh, my God. No, that's crazy. Damn. Was it obvious to y'all? No. No, it's not obvious to anyone else. I'm just so intuitive. (laughs) Are you? All right. Mm. Wow. What's their problem? Oh, my God. Well, we'll get there. But boy, did they have everyone fooled. The (gasps) day they found Nikki, you can actually hear a cop on one of their body cams say how sorry he was that they had to see that. Couldn't believe children had to see that. I'm like, nah, bro. Children did it. Children? 16-year-olds? Yeah. Right? Mm, Wow. Nikki and her twins were very close up until they turned about 13. And I Uh flip switched. According to Yucca... Nikki had been struggling with them, but she chalked it up to teenage rebellion for the most part, which sure, at 13, mm-hmm. it usually is. Sure. They wanted to stay with Della because she had no rules and they felt that Nikki was being a hypocrite since she was the exact same way at their age. And Nikki's like, yeah, I know, but I had to over- overcome a lot. I got pregnant as a teenager and lost custody of my kids. I don't want that for y'all. Like, Sure. That's as, fair. Yeah, it's fair. But as you can imagine, they weren't open to the whole do as I say, not as I do thing. Yeah, yeah. One particular night when the twins were only 13 or 14, Nikki took one of their cell phones away, and that's the first time they got physical. They ganged up on Nikki and started beating the hell out of her. They weren't letting up, but she managed to grab the phone and call the police, and one of the responding officers, Myra Scruggs, said the girl seemed so innocent and sweet, but she could see in Nikki's face how fearful she was of her children. And Scruggs actually stayed for a couple hours until things settled down. And once the twins seemed calm and said they were going to bed, she left. But she had an unsettling feeling it wasn't over, so she stayed close by. And sure enough, another 911 call came in, and she rushed back to the house and sees Nikki running out with the cordless phone in her hand, hysterical. And she told Scruggs that when she left, they jumped out of their rooms and attacked her again. The girls calmly followed behind Nikki and said it was her that was beating them, it was very clear who was the victim here. Nikki was beat up and had bruising and scratches all over her neck, back and chest. So this time, Jazz and plus she was the one who called 911. So yeah, this time Jazz and Taz were taken into custody and charged with battery. <gasps> and oh my a court god! Order was placed for them to be back in the custody of Della and undergo counseling with Nikki to repair their relationship. This didn't come up like this as soon as Nikki was found murdered. Like, well, y'all have a record. For violence against they, the cops woman, got and y'all found her. So yeah. I'm, I'm the not cops got it. suspicious during that first interview. We'll get there. Oh, okay. Whenever they would go to court, the judge would really only listen to the twins, which in a majority of circumstances, I would say good for them. They're usually the victims, but in this case, they're obviously lying and claiming that Nikki 
is an unfit, abusive mom. And when you have two sweet looking twins sobbing to a judge, begging to be in custody of their great grandmother, I can see how he or she would be tricked. Yeah, for sure. And they're young. They're even younger at this point. They're like 13, 14. Yeah. When they, when they did, did that. that, when they went. Yeah. Ooh. And what's really sad is after court required counseling, Tasmia started to come around. It actually seemed to be working and she would see her mom more and more and even participated as a model in a charity fashion show with Nikki. And when Nikki would take her shopping or get her something, she would always buy a second one uh, for Taz to give to Jazz. Aww. So it's very clear that she was trying. She was winning Taz over and was confident that Jazz would soon follow. On their 16th birthday, a few months before her martyr, she threw them a lavish birthday party. She got two huge cakes, one in the shape of a one, the other one in a six, and got the matching Tiffany bracelets. Whoa. But on the day of the party, only Taz showed up and Nikki <gasps> was heartbroken. Wait, I am so sad. Know, awful. Gosh, she got him Tiffany bracelets? Mm -hmm. But even so, the court saw progress and granted Nikki full custody, but it would be monitored for a few weeks as kind of a trial period. And Nikki was so excited. Everyone at the beauty salon she worked in said her spirits were so high. She got her hair done. She redid their room. She decorated it. She was so chipper, so hopeful. But once they settled in, they were very different. Nikki told Yucca a few days before her murder, they were very withdrawn. They weren't eating, weren't showering. They were once very sociable and outgoing. Now, whenever they were in public, they would sit in the corner, not speak to anyone. They destroyed their room just acting wow. very off. Sadly, it appeared Jazz had influenced Taz, who is no longer interested in having a relationship with Nikki. And she told Yucca, if anything happens to me, they did it. And Yucca's like, whoa, 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 let's calm down. Don't say that. She was legitimately scared of her kids though. And completely unlike Nikki, she even asked Yucca about exorcisms. <gasps> Should she look into them or what? Like what they're about, if she knows anything about them? Like that's how bizarre they were being. Oh my God. Was Della like, they seemed fine to me. Yeah. Wow. We'll get to Della. She doesn't okay. think Della, she kind of thinks Della tampered with their mind. Oh, yeah. I'm picturing like a 150 year old woman. I know, right? I'm, I mean. Dude, she was still alive by 2022, so. Holy shit. I know. But I can't imagine. Poor Nikki. Things Poor Nikki. that scared yeah. of your kids and putting on such a hopeful front. Like, no, it's going to be great and normal. I'm just excited to get my babies back. She has tattoos of them on her. But in the back of her mind, she's terrified. She works at a beauty salon and bought them each a Tiffany bracelet. She probably saved for months to do that. Oh I God, am 100%. so heartbroken for I her. I know. And like redid their rooms, got her hair done. Stop. I can't. Yeah, I'm awful. done with this. Looking at their initial inter interviews in the police station after Nikki was discovered is insane. They are so manipulative. They're crying for mama. They're oh, hugging each other. Oh, when the, get the cops fuck out leave, of here. they clearly know they're being recorded. They talk about how they hope they catch whoever did this. And initially it worked, but they got suspicious when one of the detectives on the case asked them what he could do to make them feel better, expecting to be like, call our great grandmother, call our grandmother. But instead, they asked if they can watch CSI. And the detective said the hairs on the back of his neck stood up. Whoa. Like, batshit. That's... They said, can we watch CSI? Like, mm. um, okay. They're like, we need to know what to do next. So let's throw on some CSI. Right. After walking into a crime scene, you want to watch a show about crime scenes. Crimes. Yeah. What are you doing? 
it was here the cops were like that's weird as shit also weird as shit you're both still wearing your winter gloves inside we're gonna need y'all to take those off and roll up your sleeves and that's when they see a ton of scratches even bite marks up their arms which they said was a fight they got into with each other again they're so young that's a likely scenario but sure. these impressions were so defined you could tell whoever bit them had a gap in their tooth and neither of them did but you know who did nikki nikki did then they separated the twins and one of them looks into the camera still acting like her sweet self and begins to pray out loud to, for them to catch the killer and the cops at this point are playing it very cool they're not treating them like suspects at all they even released them that day to go live with della while they gathered evidence and dna was being tested for four months, they led very normal lives. They went to school, hung out with friends, even went to prom. Completely unaware, the cops were onto them and watching their every move, building their case. They were probably so smug about it. Oh, like, God. we got away with it. Mm -hmm. God, these are children. During the search of their house, they found a journal where one of the twins would write and the other would respond as if they're like passing a note in class. But I think that they would do this in their room so no one would hear them talk. And it laid out their plan perfectly. Like, oh, wow. It's all the evidence really they needed. But Maybe I should have watched that CSI. Yeah. No, not to put shit in writing. Wow. One writes, maybe we should cry instead of fight and she'll feel bad for us. My God, they're so young. I assume Taz wrote this since she's the lesser of two evils. And the other one writes, that won't work. We need to get rid of her ASAP and shit like that. So, oh, wow. Pretty damning. Mm. And remember they said they were late for school or running late for school, but... In that initial interview, they told cops they made it to first period. So they checked Rockdale County High School surveillance camera, and they arrived at 10, 17 a.m. Oh. On top of that, they found bloody shoes in Taz's closet and stepped into the toe of the shoe was a crumpled napkin with a lump of hair in it. It's fucking weird. It's Ew. a trophy. Like, throw that shit away. Gross. They had de a dental examination on Nikki, and it was a perfect match to the bite mark on Taz's arm. And there was an arm hair embedded in Nikki's tooth that was tested, oh. and it matched the twins. Wow. And then that blood analysis came back confirming it belonged to them. Obviously, they're identical twins, so they couldn't distinguish whose blood was who. But once it positively matched their DNA, it was go time. So on their last day of school. Uh-oh. Oh my Cops God. Cops waited for them to exit the building. They should have stormed in their class. Fucking arrested them. <laughs> in front of everyone? Can you wow. imagine that? It was in front of everyone. Yeah, no, totally. At 16, for everything to be an embarrassment to you, <laughs> that is. <gasps> and everyone's top. like, school's yeah. out for summer. And Cops really stuck it to them. They're like, no, no, no. One wow. source did say Taz was at her house where she was arrested, and only Jazz was arrested at school. But in my mind, I'm just going to go with both of them at school, like all the other sources. So. Oh, yeah. SWAT team it. SWAT team. They busted in. Mm -hmm. That's great. And God, their scared, innocent act was over the moment they're in the back of that cop car. No more tears. They were pissed. They still obviously knew they were being recorded, and they were bitching about how they're going down for this because of, quote, one bite mark that's not even mom's. Like, no, dear. It is your mom's. The jig's up yeah they're making fun of the cops they're calling them rednecks like they're being straight meanagers oh god they're like we're gonna mean girls our way out of this <laughs> right we'll intimidate them with our words that book one nine nine episode 
when they bust up a party and those teenagers come in and they make fun of Terry's shoes. <laughs> no, he's like, I don't his know tie that. Or something. He's like, my wife got me this tie. Like, I hope you die in the laundry. He goes, oh my God. He said, I hope you what? <laughs> she makes fun of the tie and it's like, my wife got me this tie. And she, I hope you die in the line of duty. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Wow. Oh my God. Terry's very sensitive too. I know it escalated so quickly for him. <laughs> I need to find it. I do not remember that one. <laughs> Sorry, that was lighthearted and this is not. Don't worry. We're not making We know that. We We're know just that. laughing at Brooklyn Nine Nine and these idiot girls. I'm pissed. After four years awaiting trial, they struck a deal and told the whole story for a lesser charge of voluntary manslaughter. I feel like everyone I do a story on gets voluntary manslaughter. They said that morning she got mad because they were late for school and it turned into what they called a fight to the death. <laughs> Clearly. Right. Jazz said she picked up a red flower vase and hit her over the head with it. Then she got on top of her and started beating her. So Nikki bit her in the chest and managed to get on top of Jazz which is when Taz grabbed a knife and started stabbing. Holy shit. Well, Taz was the one who was coming around. She did the first stab. So sad. Oh my God. How big are these girls? Are these big girls? Not at all. I think maybe that was why I was so shocking when I was watching that See No Evil. I'm like, they are scrawny. Little girls. Really? I mean, there's two of them though, but still, two I'm just, wow, this is so sad. There was more fighting biting, punching, screaming. Then Jazz found a ribbon medallion that she won as a child and began strangling Nikki with it. But Nikki somehow man managed to deliver a swift backhand and it really caught Jazz by surprise and she released the ribbon. When it appeared Nikki was getting away, they grabbed knives and began stabbing her again repeatedly until she was far too weak to fight back. Then while still alive, Taz grabbed her hands, Jazz grabbed her feet and they dragged her to the water-filled bathtub. They said she was still screaming when they lifted her inside and she told them that they were going to go to jail and that she hated them. <gasps> this is their recount. So it could be a lie, but who knows? A measly, I hate I, you when you're being stabbed is warranted. So I don't, yeah, I'm not mad at Nikki. Of course. She can at this point say that. We don't that. know if she actually said that. They said they were, as they were putting her in the tub, they were apologizing to her. Again, could be a lie. <laughs> okay. And then she quote, went underwater a few times and that was it. She never came back up. If I were to guess, I'll go out on a limb here and speculate. They held her down. Yeah. Uh, but they yeah. didn't say that. They said went under. Sure. But that's when the poor 34-year-old Nikki died at the hands of her own daughters. I forgot how young she was. Mm -hmm. They then cleaned up, cried a little bit, but put the, pulled themselves together and got dressed for school. Leisurely walked to a gas station. And I say leisurely because there's footage. And it actually looks like they're smiling and laughing. Well, La, 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 walking oh, God. along. They asked some stranger pumping gas for a ride, and he said, sure, and surveillance shows him dropping them off at 10.17 a.m. They were hoping the police would be at the house by the time they got home from school so they wouldn't have to see it, but that obviously was not the case, and they each got 30 years in prison. Oh, my God. Now, they never mentioned going to that neighbor's house, so I have no idea if that blood on the guy's door was from them, from Nikki, or completely unrelated, that would be a huge coincidence, though. Yeah. That someone knocked on it. So maybe their original plan was to bang on that guy's door and say they woke up to find their mom like that. 
and then aborted that plan for whatever reason. Yeah. But surely they wouldn't be stupid enough to knock on his door without a solid plan in place. Like, would you abort mission in the middle of the mission? I don't know. Well, they're 16 year old idiots. Maybe. Well, I know, but I couldn't find anything about that. I know they tested that blood and it was Nikki's? came from it. I, no, oh. I can't find the results. Okay. Wow. That's mm -hmm. weird. They do say they regret. Yeah. But maybe during that struggle, yeah. Nikki ran outside and but someone would see that. I mean, I, I would mean, hope. I don't, I don't know. They do say they regret it and they never hated Nikki, which I'm like, that's rageful. 80 stabs is pretty rageful. And I would say you hate her, but yeah, they said they do wish they still had a mom, which again, I'm like, I'm sure you do. You thought your mom's rules were tough. Oh you yeah. Hate prison. Yeah. Yeah. As of 2016, Della said they have never spoken to her about their actions, but she refuses to believe that her great grandkids killed Nikki and she still chooses to support them. Wait, they told the story, right? confession okay. that confessed on camera to the police Della okay. saying they've we have never talked about it I'm like mm. and she doesn't believe that they did it and she still supports them I'm like sounds like you have some serious case of denial but that's okay sure and Nikki's mom Linda obviously heartbroken she said she lost her oldest baby and her first grandkids all in one day she is not like Della in this she knew at the funeral something was up because the she said the twins didn't even look at her let alone hug her or anything can you imagine mom being brutally murdered and never mentioning it, addressing it, acknowledging it no. to your grandmother? Like not even a glance at the funeral. It's weird. No, it's weird. Especially if you're trying to get away with murder, you need to act as normal as possible. And that is very abnormal, but maybe this stemmed from guilt and not necessarily easy, evil. I don't know. Okay. In 2016, they earned GEDs and Tasmia was pursuing a computer tech course and Jazz was exploring a career in medicine. But there hasn't been much of an update since then. According to Wikipedia, Taz will have a parole hearing in May of 2025. And oh. Jazz will have one in September of 2027. Were they tried as adults? Yeah, they sure were. Ooh. I know. And that is the heartbreaking story of Jarmecca, a.k.a. Nikki Whitehead. Nikki. Who's just trying to get her girls back and get a normal home life. That is so sad. So sad. Little monsters. All right, patrons. Leslie, Emily, Wendy, Amber, Jackie, Kai, Bridget, Bradley, Tiffany, Heidi, Leah, Rochelle, Kate, Kylie, Christine, and Gwen. Hey. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining. Welcome to the party. <laughs> and everyone, stick around for my custom shout out. It's important. Oh. It's what from it? Emily. I like to use my shout out to spread the word about my very small business that I started as a passion project last year called Disco Cherry Thrift. I specialize in providing a completely thrifted and customized personal shopping experience, and I ship all over the U.S. Long story short, you fill out a form on my website, which is discocherrythrift.com. Cherry like the fruit? Yes. Okay. Tell me your sizing, likes slash dislikes, style, inspiration, et cetera. The more detail, the better. And I hit the thrift stores to put together your very own style bundle, including clothing and accessories. I'm also running a 20% discount for new customers. Just enter style me 20 at checkout. This Wait, company so cool. has been much needed outlet and distraction over the past year as my dad was recently diagnosed with brain cancer and I moved back to my hometown to help take care of him. 
I have huge oh. respect for caretakers everywhere and thankful to anyone who is able to support my little baby business. Oh, that everyone, is, please go support. And that's so cool. What a cool concept. It's a cool concept. I can't imagine running a small company on top of um, helping your dad out with brain cancer. It's, oh, yeah. Awful. Disco cherry thrift. thrift. Yes. Okay. There we are. My second custom shout outs from Nikki. Jess, thank you for coming into my life and showing what real love feels like. I'm so lucky to have you and to be loved by you. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me in a long time. And I'm so grateful to be doing life with you. Happy birthday. I love you. Oh, uh, happy birthday, Jess. Happy birthday. Maybe belated birthday. I don't know. I'm not sure when your birthday is, but happy birthday. Happy birthday. Hope you liked my terrible story. <gasps> yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry about that dark story I told you on your birthday. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening, everyone. You are the Thank best. Thank you. People, People are the, the worst. worst. Bye. Bye.